Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is September 15th. We have one week of NFL play in 2020, yes, the year of COVID, in the books. And it's kind of like normal. Fingers crossed that we don't have any positive tests come up in the NFL. But right now, everybody is clean. we got a whole week in the books. we got a lot of injuries and lots of things to talk about. My name's Michael Nazarek, and I am host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, very good friend of mine, uh, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Wonderful, sir. Thank you for asking. Uh, like you said, it's great to have a week in the books and have nothing catastrophic aside from the usual injuries. Uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be just talking about football stuff and not non-football stuff the rest of the way. That'd be great. Yeah, fingers crossed on that. Uh, we got a lot of injuries to talk about, and the first one uh, hit right in your city there where you live there in Indianapolis. Marlon Mack uh, was having a good first quarter, uh, and Jonathan Taylor was still sitting on the bench there. Niham Hines was uh, was playing and, and scoring touchdowns, and all of a sudden uh, a snap went to Achilles, and Marlon Mack's gone for the season. So uh, Frank Wright says that Jonathan Taylor's going to start, but what does this really mean for fantasy football owners of Mack, Taylor, and even Niham Hines? What's, what's your thoughts, Chris? Well, obviously Mack's done for the year. Redraft leads, he's, he's gone. I think he probably still is stashable in, in, a, in a dynasty league because he's still pretty young. He might go somewhere else next year. But, uh, yeah, his, his, his year is done. Uh, I think it actually, believe it or not, it helps the fantasy owner because we are worried about a three-way split rendering all these three of these guys basically useless on a week-to-week basis. Now it's a two-way split fundamentally, and it's a little more clear. So I, I think that really helps. Uh, like you said, uh, Coach Reich has said Taylor's going to start. He, he said quite simply, Jonathan is ready, and he said he's ready to go, and they're, they're going to keep Hines in the support role that he had. Now, I'll believe that when I see it because, you know, Hines had the most snaps, the most receptions, the most rushing yards, and both rushing touchdowns, or one rushing, one receiving touchdown uh, this Sunday. So, clearly, Hines got a lot of the action, but we'll see what, what Taylor does going forward. I was encouraged by his role in the passing game, but really none of them ran well. Mack was the only one that looked good. He, he was the best player on the field until he got hurt, unfortunately. Okay, well, uh, obviously, uh, most people out there drafted uh, Jonathan Taylor, so he's probably not going to be on your waiver wire. But in maybe uh, 10, 10 teams and maybe smaller leagues, uh, you know, where the roster or the roster limit is kind of small, uh, in 12 team leagues, maybe Niam uh, Hines is out there. Uh, he caught a lot of passes and scored twice. Uh, is, is he uh, your top waiver wire ad for the week or one of the top waiver wires? How, how do you feel about Niam? Uh, he absolutely is. I mean, the other kind of guys you're comparing him with, guys who are likely on the wire, would be a James Robinson, a Malcolm Brown, maybe a Benny Snell, based on the injury in Pittsburgh. So 
I, I think he's probably tops because he has the clearest path forward to continued fantasy utility in the absence of, of any injuries, except for maybe Malcolm Brown. Robinson, that team's going to have uh, game script issues. Snell's going to go back to the bench when Connor's healthy. So he's, he's clearly a guy who can be in there, and especially in a PPR, be flex-worthy every week going forward. All right. I'm I'm fortunate enough that I, I drafted him one of my teams uh, in the FFPC main events and uh, late, late in that. Uh, and the other team, I've got Malcolm Brown, so I've, I've been kind of fortunate in that regard. My number four running backs on both teams. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on over to the New York Jets. There's uh, problems in New York all the time. Uh, what, what's, what else is new? Both teams lost again uh, this first week, although the Giants, I think, have looked a little bit better, defensively at least, uh, and offensively too, but they struggle with the run game. Anyway, getting back to the Jets, uh, it's a dumpster fire. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, uh, he injured his hamstring, and now with the IR rules where, uh, you, where teams could just shuttle players on the IR for three weeks and then shuttle them off. They went ahead and put him on IR. They also put Denzel Mims, a rookie wide receiver. He's got hamstring issues on both hamstrings, uh, so he, he's not going to be playing for the next three weeks. Uh, you've got Frank Gore there. Then you've got Josh Adams, the former Eagle. And, of course, Adam Gase you know, used to coach the, the Dolphins, and he just went out and signed Kalen Ballage. So in your opinion, Chris, what are the Jets going to do here? Are they going to start Frank? Are they going to start Josh? Are they going to start Kalen? Or is it going to be an ugly three RBBC? What What would you do? Would you do anything or just avoid this mess completely? Well, I think avoiding the mess completely is probably the best thing to do from a fantasy perspective. If you if you are desperate for a running back or to replace Bell, I think Gore's the guy you want. He's he's probably the best goal line back of the ones. Obviously, he's got a great history, um, and he he's probably the most familiar with carrying the load. He is going to start, according to Gase, um, and he and he's the guy that's going to be out there. He also plays the 49ers this week, you know. So you got that revenge factor. Uh, you know, he you never know what he's going to do against that team he played for for a very long time. Now you mentioned Kalen Ballage. Um, interesting though, they tried to trade him to the Jets about three weeks ago, and he failed his physical, mm-hmm. so the trade got negated, and so he was waived injured, and now they signed him for free. So I'm a little concerned that he may not be able to do much right away, even with his familiarity with Gase and the offense. So I think if you're going to play a guy this week, it's absolutely gore. Um, I'll kind of see how that game goes before I see how much Adams is going to get used. But I think Gore is the guy to own and to use, at least for the immediate future. Not that the matchups look very promising uh, for the next few weeks. Is, is it just me? Does it seem that Frank Gore was a 49er like last decade? <laughs> well, like such, he was. Such a lo- That's because he was. <laughs> he, he was. Oh, I mean, like 10 years ago. I, I can't remember exactly. What, he's been in the league uh, so long. <laughs> we love he's Frank. He's a 12 anyway. or 13-year veteran. So, yeah, yeah. He's a 12 or 13-year guy. Oh, so, my yeah, gosh. It was a decade ago. That's right, a decade ago. That's amazing. Okay, the big news that broke uh, uh, earlier today, uh, Michael Thomas uh, had his uh, ankle rolled up on by Alvin Kamara, and yet right after the injury and they announced it, he said it was a high ankle, mild high ankle sprain. Normally high ankle means you sit for a while. He goes, well, you think he's going to play through it? Well, then the news just broke about a few hours ago that, uh, no, he's not going to be able to play through it. It looks like he's out several games. Uh, They might consider an IR there for Michael Thomas. Oh, my gosh, now all the Saints fans are, are, are crying and uh, what's going on. What about fantasy owners that bypass the stud running back in order to draft Michael Thomas in the middle to early, sometimes even early in the fourth, fifth pick of their draft? Now they don't have their stud wide receiver and they've got an inferior running back because they waited until the second round, the middle, late second round to, to grab one. 
what's going on there in Saintsville uh, moving forward, Chris, in your opinion? Who who uh, who fills the bill for Michael Thomas uh, not being there? Well, nobody does. And, and Drew Brees, remember, before Thomas got there, he was very adept at spreading the ball around. Even when he had good receivers like a Marcus Colson, that, he really didn't focus on one guy. So I think he's going to revert to that. And all those targets are going to get spread around. Obviously, Emmanuel Sanders will pick up some. Traquan Smith is the obvious guy who's going to make the biggest boost because he's going to move into the starting lineup. But I think Cook will get a few more. Camaro will get some more. They'll try to run more. And, and you look ahead at the schedule. They've got, you know, four winnable games the next four weeks. They've got two easy, easier road games and two tougher home games and then a bye. So my guess is they're going to keep Michael Thomas out maybe all the way through that bye. So like you mentioned, the fantasy owners of, of – uh, uh, Michael Thomas are, are probably in, in rough shape for the first half of their fantasy season. But overall, I don't think it's going to affect Drew Brees that much because he is very adept at spreading the ball around, and they'll, he'll find somebody open uh, with everyone else kind of picking up the slack a little bit. Yeah. Taysom Hill, uh, Taysom uh, Hill is one guy that you may even think that's about. Right. Taysom Hill might get some run at wide receiver, maybe a double tight end slot running him out there. He could be a really intriguing guy if, he, if you picked him up and stashed him on your bench to cover yourself for a – for, for an injury, although Jameis Winston would probably go in. Uh, but I think Hill could be a really interesting uh, contributor for going forward in Thomas's absence. question is, can you really play him? Because he's probably listed as a quarterback on your fantasy league, and that's going to be pretty low scoring for a quarterback. That is interesting because we could see Drew Brees throwing touchdown passes to Taysom Hill, uh, and, and yet you say, yeah, you can't, uh, you, you probably won't be able to start at Taysom Hill because he's a quarterback and you can only start one quarterback is, unless you're in a super flex league, but that's the whole other uh, story. Anyway, uh, yeah. yeah, I was just uh, thinking about this, uh, the fact that on one of my teams, I've got Tom Brady and, and Drew Brees, the geriatric squad, and uh, yeah, Brady had his own issues in week one of course, against the Saints. Uh, and of course, but he outdid uh, Drew Brees, and now without Michael Thomas and all, uh, you can bet my uh, bet your uh, whatever that I'm going to go out there and grab a, a third uh, quarterback, like uh, say uh, Ryan Tannehill or Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. There's a whole bunch of guys out on the waiver wire this league, but but uh, I I, I uh, recommend people if you have those types of combinations, or if you have Drew Brees and a Ted, the Teddy Bridgewater, then you might want to boost and get pick up a Tannehill or somebody like that to boost because you don't want to be just stuck with your only real major option as, as Brees just in case things go bad or in terms of just they go run heavy all the time. Uh, and I can see that with their schedule being kind of light early on until until the bye. So uh, one more major injury to note uh, for this past week, uh, Blake Jarwin, the, the young uh, tight end for the Cowboys. A lot of people were high on him. I, I wasn't really per se only because of the three wide receivers playing ahead of him and the fact that they like to throw to, to Zeke now out of the backfield. But uh, he caught one pass and then went down uh, on a non-contact injury uh, a few plays later, and it turned out to be a torn ACL. So he's gone. You got, uh, uh, let's see, Bla- is it uh, Dan Schultz? I believe this guy's name, uh, Schultz. <laughs> that's that's the guy that's going to take over for Blake Jarwin in in Dallas. But uh, he's not exactly as talented or as an agile. If you're watching the game, you reaching for passes that were bonking off his hands and all. So not exactly the guy you want to fill the bill if you own um, uh, Blake Jarwin. But what, in your opinion, what happens, Chris, if you, if Blake Jarwin is your top uh, tight end? What's what's a couple options out there? You think? Uh, that's going to happen. What do you think Dallas is going to do, and who would you who would you grab off the wave wire if you needed a tight end? Well, I wouldn't grab anyone from Dallas. I don't see I don't see how that's going to make a difference. If you drafted Jarwin, I can't see him being your top tight end because I can't. I don't think anyone had him in their top twelve. They kind of had him as a number two with upside, 
especially in basic scoring leagues. So you probably already have a number one tight end. So you got to find somebody else. Honestly, if it were me, that situation probably stands for you. You go and find somebody who's got a good matchup on, the, on your starters bye week and hope your starter stays healthy. Because I, I, I honestly don't think there's anyone out there that's in the scenario you just described with Jarwin being their starter. There's too many other balls in the air for, for three receivers who could easily all get 1,000 yards this year. you got Zeke catching 50-plus balls, and even Tony Pollard catches a few a game. So I, I, it's, it's a non-factor for fantasy because Blake, Blake Jarwin should have been a non-factor for fantasy for most teams this year. Okay. Well, I just want to bring out that there are some people out there that play in 16-plus team leagues, and maybe Jarwin was the 15th or 16th tight end drafted off. And I just yeah. want to throw out this name, Logan Thomas in Washington. Uh, he, he scored. He drew a lot of targets. Dwayne Haskins like throwing to the tight end. Other than Terry McLaurin mm-hmm. is very thin in Washington, uh, and there's a lot of talk about uh, Logan Thomas. And I mention this because FFPC is heavy scoring tight end, one, one and a half point per, per game. And I, I've been eyeing Logan Thomas in this situation, and I drafted Blake Jarwin as my number two. And you need a good two or three uh, tight ends. My number three in this league is O.J. Howard. My number one is is uh, Hunter Henry. So, uh, you know, I, I feel okay, but you can bet your whatever that I'm going to go out there and make, make bids on these guys because, you know, this is how it is in these types of leagues. But anyway, I agree with you there. And the fact that I don't think that there's any uh, – the real benefactor from this in Dallas I think is C.D. Lamb. I think he's going to get that many more targets than him and Michael Gallup because obviously Amari Cooper is heavily involved in week one and that, that's going to stay heavily involved this is moving forward. Anyway, let's get to, to the rest uh, before we get to our picks to click. A real quick list. Obviously, we cover all the comprehensive injuries over at FF Mastermind. So if you uh, want to become a, a subscriber, you have a com, com, uh, com, comprehensive list updated on a daily basis. A couple of these, these guys we want to look at here. Miles Sanders with the hamstring, uncertain. They're hopeful he might play this week. Duke Johnson with the ankle, he's going to be out week to week. Kenny Galladay, we're still waiting on the hamstring to see if he practices later this week. Cortland Sutton was very close with the shoulder on Monday night. Uh, looks like he might be able to play this coming week. Devontae Parker in Miami, uh, he left the game with a hamstring. That's a concern there. Henry Ruggs left his game with a knee injury. Uh, he played on it for a little while, and actually that impressed Jay Gr- uh, John Gruden. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is that they need to be, they need their guy healthy there, so we'll see later in the week. Brandon Iyak uh, in, in 49er-Ville, uh, hamstring, uh, he did not play. We'll see if he can play. And the big one is George Kittle with that knee. He looked like a, maybe a possible hyperextended. It's a sprained knee. They're, uh, he, they're uncertain if he will be able to practice and play. Looks like a very similar play to what happened last year where he got injured in the first half and then came back and caught some passes and, and then didn't do much the rest of the game. Well, this time he did exact, almost the exact same thing. He caught a couple passes. He came back in and played the second half, but he wasn't effective, didn't catch a pass in our – so we'll keep uh, everybody up to date on that on the, uh, on the website. Anyway, we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim... Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. 
Okay, please visit it at, visit us at ffmastermind.com. Lots of free stuff, including free NFL quick bits uh, updated on a daily basis. All the non-injury news there is absolutely free. Uh, we're also uh, still posting free in-season scouting reports on a weekly basis, and a couple of our scouts do two reports a week, including those on the Colts from Chris Rito. Our weekly in-season premium fantasy newsletters is normally thirty-seven ninety-five. If you use the following $8 discount code, you'll get $8 off, and it'll bring the cost down to try us for twenty-nine ninety-five. That's about two a uh, buck and a half uh, a newsletter. The code is Edge E D G E W N for weekly newsletters eight. So that's Edge W N eight, and that's a twenty one percent discount. Down uh, bring the cost down to twenty nine ninety five to try us out. Uh, the newsletter has several parts each day. We're releasing it as we uh, produce it uh, on the website, and uh, lots of good stuff there. Uh, you can go to our homepage, and you'll see a little tiny uh, viewer there with a lot of different uh, links to uh, our feature articles from our newsletters, and you can get a preview when you click on and see the first uh, 50 or so uh, words of the articles and such to, to tell you what we're doing there. I, I tweet about a lot of this stuff, so please visit me and follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind. Uh, let's get right to the picks to click and flick for week two. So, a couple of quarterbacks you like, Chris, and why? Uh, I'll start with Joe Burrow. I mean, no matter how you look at this, when the kid's in a prime location for a big game, even on a short week, he's got the national TV game that should hype up a rookie. He's got the Battle of Ohio. Remember, he's an Ohio kid which has seen a lot of shootouts in recent years. And quite frankly, the Browns looked terrible on defense last week and all last year. And the Bengals offense really looked better than the stats indicate. I watched a fair amount of that game and against a much better defense as well. He looks like a winner right now, so I think he's going to do well. And I really like Josh Allen again this week. I mean, the guy with the top 10 fantasy quarterback last year still got very little love on draft day. Then all he did last week was go out and throw his first 300-yard game and be the top scorer at quarterback in week one. This week he plays a team that just got shredded by Cam Newton, a rushing quarterback. So I went back and looked also. The fact that he has made the Dolphins his personal whipping boys is even better. Four career games against Miami, he has averaged, averaged 35 fantasy points per game against Miami. He's thrown multiple touchdowns only seven times in his career, and four of them are against Miami. He is going to light it up this week. Wow, that that's a must start if you got Josh Allen there. I agree with you there. Okay, a couple of guys I like. Uh, one one uh, got off to a eh, start, and the other one was at lights out. But I think they're going to both do well this week. The first one's Dak Prescott. I'm actually getting some subscribers asking me whether they should trade Dak to Prescott. I'm like, no, no, you're supposed to trade for him. It's buy low, sell high, not buy high, uh, or actually sell 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 low. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyway, I think he rebounds against the uh, Atlanta Falcons secondary that gave up, I don't know, 35 points to Russell Wilson or so. Anyway, uh, so if you got Prescott, plug him in your lineup, hold him, start him, and smile. Don't worry about it. And Aaron Rodgers, wow. Uh, I'm like, what was the last time we talked about Aaron Rodgers throwing four touchdowns? Well, yeah, it was a while ago, but once I think last year. But it used to be every single week, people. And now he gets Detroit. And Mitchell Zabinski stunk for three quarters through three fourth-quarter touchdown passes and beat the Lions. I think Rodgers is going to get a little bit earlier start there, so plug him in your lineup and don't worry about it. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, Deshaun Watson in Houston. He doesn't have Don Hopkins anymore. He's got a gimpy Brandon Cooks. Now, Will Fuller's healthy, but how long is that going to last? Guess what? They're playing the Baltimore Ravens this week. Ugh. Usually he struggles against them, so I would temper my expectations and, and look for uh, another. If you've got somebody else uh, that's uh, almost right on the on the same, or actually maybe you might have Aaron Rodgers that's backing up Deshaun Watson on your team. A lot of people did that. You start Aaron Rodgers this week and sit Watson. The other guy I'm kind of concerned about is Derek Carr. 
Uh, the Saints were just all over Tom Brady, and uh, in fact, they only had they had the only uh, defensive score, the pick six in that game. And so, I don't think Derek Carr is going to be able to produce much against the Saints this week. So I'm concerned. I know it's it's the actually the, the the premier game here in Las Vegas, right down the strip. And unfortunately, we can't go to it. Yeah, because of COVID, but you know what it is, what it is. We're going to watch it on TV. We're going to love the team, and uh, but I think they're going to struggle against the Saints this week. Uh, what about a couple of uh, uh, quarterbacks you're not crazy about, and why, Chris? I'll start with Daniel Jones. I mean, the Bears are already a pretty decent passing opponent, but having to play them on a shorter week after getting knocked around by the Steelers all night, that's just a recipe for a lackluster performance. Uh, the Bears last year also allowed the second-fewest quarterback rushes and the fifth-fewest yards the likelihood of him escaping the pass rush and producing positive fantasy numbers that way are a little slimmer than usual. He also did have his lowest passing yardage game last year in a loss in Chicago. So I, I just think this is not a good matchup for him. And then I, I'm not real keen on Gardner Minshew this week. Um, I don't get too enamored with the gaudy completion percentage last week. Uh, that success was against the Colts defense that was sleepwalking. And when you're watching the game, and obviously I watched it all being the, the Colts against the Colts, he did really not look special, and the wide receivers were just, frankly, wide open all day. He was lobbing them to wide open guys. He's a different player on the road, too, and the Titans have beefed up their pass rush since last year with Jadavian Clowney, and he had one of some of his worst games against Tennessee. So I think he's got a low floor and a low ceiling this week. Okay, how about a couple of running backs you like and why? I uh, really like Rojo, Ronald Jones. Uh, Carolina was far and away the worst in 2019 against the fantasy running back, and then they started 2020 by allowing three touchdowns to Josh Jacobs last week. Tampa surely saw that, so I bet he has a field day running the ball. He punches in a couple of short touchdowns maybe. Despite all the passing touchdowns last year, <coughs> the Tampa Bay running backs had 13 red zone touchdowns on the ground. I think they're going to try to get Brady going, but this week should be a solid volume day for Rojo. Excuse me. And then I really like the old man Adrian Peterson's week. Despite being the third guy in the rotation coming out, Peterson led the Lions in carries by far more than all the other guys combined. He looked explosive, also caught three passes, kind of a, a, a knock against him. So while I think they're going to try and give the rookie Swift some touches to reboost his confidence after that crucial drop that cost him the game, Peterson looks like their best back, and Green Bay looked a little bit vulnerable on the ground uh, last week. Peterson amazingly has scored in 11 straight games against the Packers and 16 of 17 in his career, despite playing on five different teams in the last five years. So I, I think he's going to get it 12 straight this time. He's going to score on the Packers. Well, that's an amazing stat. Uh, that's, uh, that, that's impressive, uh, just for you knowing that, looking that up. But uh, that's, that, people should know that. that. That does make him a good play. Okay, a couple of running backs I like this week, and uh, they're familiar uh, waiver wire pickups this week. Nyheim Hines, uh, out of your, your area of uh, the country. Um, they're playing the Minnesota defense, and I know the Minnesota run defense is still very, fairly good, but their secondary is terrible. I think the Nyheim Hines is going to be used a lot in the passing game, catching a lot of passes here and probably scoring this game. And also Malcolm Brown, I know that this is exactly what happened last year where he, he took over and got the goal carries uh, Todd Gurley didn't do much, uh, but Todd Gurley, you know, was still the starter and all. And I, I don't think that's in place here with the Cam Akers. I know Cam Akers is going to play a lot, but they obviously when they get inside, you know, the red zone, it's going to be Malcolm Brown. And I think he's going to play that Peyton Barber role to a T and score a couple of times on the Eagles defense that you can score on in close. So if you've got Malcolm Brown and you need him, throw him out as the flex, start him, 
No worries. A couple of guys I'm concerned about. Kerryon Johnson got started for Detroit, but, yeah, it was the Adrian Peterson show after that, so he's kind of lost in the RBBC, untrustworthy. And Cam Akers for the Rams, he might get a start, but, you know, he played a third of the snaps in, uh, last week, and that's not going to cut it for fantasy owners. Uh, you know, 10 yards for uh, 10 carries for, you know, uh, 25, 30 yards or whatever, uh, you know, it's not going to do it. So I, I'd probably sit them this week and see if that changes at all uh, after uh, they play Minnesota. I don't think it will, but we'll see. Uh, how about uh, you, a uh, couple of um, running backs that you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Start with your Bama boy, Kenyon Drake. I know the running game really looked, to me, a little bit out of sorts last week for Arizona. And frankly, Chase Edmonds looked like a far better back while he was on the field. And on the other side, Washington really shut down the Eagles' run game last week, despite Philly playing with the lead uh, through most of that game. Drake also really struggled last year against Washington. Admittedly, it was, it was as a Dolphin, uh, and they stifled the entire offense. So I just think he's a little bit of a caution play this week. You're probably starting him anyway. And then I don't like Jordan Howard. I know he's the second week in a row as a click. He faces an even tougher Buffalo defense this week. And in addition to the opponent, he really does not have a game with a negative game script, which I think is, again, likely this week, maybe even more so than last week. I'm pretty sure the Dolphins can find someone to garner seven yards on eight carries again this week if they really need to replace them on the field. Pretty sure I could fall and do that. So uh, the Finns running back had only 13 carries for 23 yards in last year's home game against Buffalo, and it could be more of the same this week. Ouch. Okay. How about wide receiver? Who do you like? Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, 15 carries for Saquon Barkley had exactly six yards more than I did on Sunday on my couch. So let's go with that. Uh, a couple of wide receivers. I'm going to start with MVS. Uh, amazingly, three of his four highest target games in his career have been against the Lions, and this secondary is definitely beatable by the secondary and tertiary wide receivers. Uh, last week was more of the same as they shut down A-Rob for the, for the Bears, but it was the other guys that caught two touchdowns. Now, Rodgers, you mentioned, he's got a huge history against Detroit. You know, he said when's the last time he threw four touchdowns? The last two games against the Lions. He's averaged 303 against them in his last seven. But three of those games have been without Devontae Adams, and Adams was really low performing in two more. So I bet MVS has a couple of deep shots and a score again this week while Rodgers stays hot. And then I like T.Y. Hilton this week. I, I know he didn't play great last week at a crucial drop. Uh, the Vikings secondary did look pretty bad all day against Rodgers, and they seem to be a step slow on everyone. So I think the up-and-down Hilton is due for an up game after his struggle, and I think they're going to try and feed him since he took the blame publicly for the loss. Historically, he's also averaging 10 targets in his last six home openers, and he scored in the last two. So while he hasn't had a 100-yard game since late in 2018, he is definitely due. I'm I'm playing Hilton as a solid three with upside this week. Okay. Uh, A couple of guys I like this week. I think CeeDee Lamb, a rookie in Dallas, is going to get his first score against the Falcons. Uh, You know, they can't stop anybody. And without Blake Jarwin there, that's a couple more targets for CeeDee Lamb. I think he's going to catch a long one for a score, so if you need him, start him. And Marquise Brown, uh, you know, had a good game to start the season. And I think, uh, you know, against the Texans, uh, I think he can burn him for a long one there, his speed and all. And, of course, they like to throw deep to him now. Uh, The Ravens are making a focus on that. A couple of guys I'm not crazy about on the other flip side in Houston, Brandon Cooks. Yeah, he's got that sore hamstring. And then the Ravens secondary, forget it, fantasy bench for me. And Devontae Parker, the same thing, hamstring issue, Bill's tough secondary, fantasy bench. So, you know, those guys I'm not playing, even if Parker plays the entire week, uh, most likely not going to play him. How about a couple of guys you're not concerned, uh, not uh, not crazy about uh, for, at wide receiver this week, Chris? I'm not crazy about Terry McLaurin this week. I know Patrick Peterson is not the lockdown guy he once was, but he's still pretty good, as is the rest of the Cardinals' secondary. They're particularly good at taking away your top wide receiver option. 
because the secondary guys are usually the ones to target in this matchup. So last week, the Cardinals only allowed four total receptions to wide receivers for a measly 41 yards on 11 targets. So I think McLaurin's a, t- a caution play. And I don't like Deshaun Jackson this week. Um, despite the rookie playing very hurt, he surprisingly still saw more snaps at wide receiver than did D-Jax in the opener. So this tells me Jackson's still not 100%. And this week, he's likely to draw Jalen Ramsey as the top wide receiver, at least on paper, for the Eagles. So a gimpy speed guy and a shutdown corner, that's not a combination for a high probability of success. I, I'm a real skeptic on the Eagles wide receivers and really the whole passing game there until they prove something to me. Okay. How about the tight end position? Who do you like and why? I like T.J. Hawkinson again this week. I know he had a big first first game. I like the way they used him last year before he got hurt. I definitely like the way they used him without Galladay in the lineup uh, on Sunday. This could actually be a high-scoring game against the Packers and one with the Lions in catch-up mode. So I think the high-volume passing game should keep him involved again. Athletic field-stretching tight ends have been the ones that gave Green Bay fits a lot last year, too. So he kind of fits that bill. And the second uh, guy is uh, Hayden Hurst. Another crack for a good matchup here. Uh, the Cowboys were very poor in defending the tight end last season, and they've lost several key linebackers. They lost Van Der Esch this week and Sean Lee before the season. So with as many balls that Matt Ryan's putting in the air, I have to believe that more will go Hurst's way this week, especially after having three wide receivers at each top 100 yards for the Falcons last week. I look for a bounce-back game and some more chances as they kind of focus on the exterior guys on defense. Okay, uh, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Uh, what's not to like with Dallas Godert? Uh, had a big game this past week, and like you say, the wide receiver's inconsistent, not playing well. Uh, I think Godert's going to get his again this week, so start him with confidence. And like I said, Logan Thomas in, in Washington, uh, they really like him. Uh, Dwayne Hanson trusts him. Uh, he's probably the number two target there behind Terry McLaurin, uh, Stephen Sims, and the rest of the crew. Not anything special. So if you've got Logan Thomas and you need him, start him. A couple of guys I'm not crazy about. Tyler Eifert, yeah, great chem- chemistry with Minshew, right? Yeah, one uh, one catch. Uh, what happened there? I don't know. He's on my bench if I owned him, uh, which I don't. <laughs> Ian Thomas in Carolina, you know, I just wasn't feeling it at all, and apparently neither was Teddy because he only got a couple of catches this past week, and uh, he's sitting my bench too if I owned him, which I don't. But anyway, how about a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why, Chris? I really don't like Kyle Rudolph. I mean, the Colts linebacking crew is amongst the best and deepest in the game, and they're also very fast. The tight end rarely will get away from them. You couple this with a run-heavy game plan for Minnesota and sharing the tight end position with Irv Smith Jr. Um, What's his name? I just threw a blank. Rudolph. (laughs) Only has eight catches combined in the last five games. And so I think this veteran's best left off a fantasy roster and not just out of your starting lineup. And then I'm kind of down on Jack Doyle again this week. The Vikings have only allowed one catch to a tight end last week despite Aaron Rodgers hucking it all over the place. And they're only al- allowing five PPR points per game to tight ends over the last three seasons. So this is not just a small data set. Doyle was kind of an afterthought except for one big drive in the passing game as Rivers focused on the speed receivers and the running back, uh, kind of as we talked about last week. And this week looks again like a low chance for him to get targets. He did have one long catch and a missed end zone target, so he could have had more last week. But I'm in a little a bit of a wait-and-see mode with Jack Doyle right now. Yeah, I'm not surprised you forgot Mr. Rudolph's name. It's not like he's done anything really uh, unforgettable in the past season. It appears Kirk Anyway, how about one-hit so. wonders at kicker and defense, Chris? Uh, I know this sounds crazy after watching him last night, but I'm going to go with Steven Goskowski this week. I, 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 they said that in his 14-year career, he's, he's had five seasons where he missed four kicks or less, and he missed four in one game last night. But he's got a conservative mm-hmm. coach, an efficient offense, and a lesser opponent that should give him some chances this week. 
And I like Cody Parkey, the new Cleveland kicker. You, you may have seen that they released Austin Siebert. Uh, so I think the new Cleveland kicker is going to get a chance for field goal attempts against the Cincinnati team that allows them in, in bunches. Then at defense, I like the Buccaneers. They should play with the lead at home against the poor Carolina team. And they only allowed 271 yards last week to a pretty good New Orleans offense. So yeah, that should be noted. And then I like uh, Washington. Uh, Kyler Murray was amongst the most sacked quarterbacks last year, and Washington had eight sacks last week. That sounds like a combination that can get you some fantasy points. Okay, we want to remind everyone that a premium weekly in-season newsletter purchase also gets you free access to our subscriber-only forum where there are nearly 4,000 subscribers registered and waiting to voice their opinions. And one last reminder, our $8 discount code for people that want to try our newsletter, get $8 off, brings the cost down to $29.95. That code is EDGEWN number eight. So it's E-D-G-E-W-N, as in Nancy, the number eight. That'll get you $8 off. Well, we want to thank everyone for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Michael Lazarek. See you all next week when week three of the 2020 real NFL season during COVID here is previewed. Good night and good luck to everyone this coming week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Lazarek, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.